Think about the gospel according to Jesus. If you went through and looked through the Word of God and saw what is the gospel that Jesus preached. Yes, Jesus died for our sins. He came to die for our sins. His blood covers our sins. But is there more to it than that? And the Word of God says, yes, there is more. There is so much more to the gospel than just the fact that he died and maybe someday we'll get to go to heaven. Jesus says it himself. If you were asked this question, what was the gospel that Jesus preached in the Word of God? John Orberg says there are many Christians who probably wouldn't give the same answer that the Bible does. So let's just look at a few verses that explain what Jesus says the gospel or the good news is. (laughs) After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the gospel. Where do I point it, Jake? (laughs) After this, Jesus traveled about from one town and village to another, proclaiming the good news, the gospel, of the kingdom of God. There we go. When Jesus had called the twelve together, he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and cure diseases, and he sent them out to proclaim, listen to this phrase again, the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. After Jesus' suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke to them about the kingdom of God. But Jesus said to them, I must go preach the kingdom of God to other cities also, for that, was the pur- that is the purpose I was sent. Now, friends, if you were to articulate what the, Jesus says the gospel, the good news is, according to him, what he came to preach in one statement, what would you say it is according to his words? The kingdom of God. And what's he saying? Simply this, that because Jesus Christ came from heaven, encapsulated himself in flesh, came down here and brought the ways and the heart of God down here, the kingdom of God is available to anybody who will receive it by faith in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In his day and time, that wasn't the case. The Pharisees had these systems of hierarchy. If you were down here, you might not make it in because you're not in that caste system place. But Jesus says the kingdom of God is now here, right here, and right now. But friends, this is where I believe the word gospel has suffered over time. Rather than be an invitation to be part of a spiritual revolution to change the world, we've kind of relegated it to a ticket. Makes sense? I'm baptized into Christ, I'm saved, and now one day I'm probably going, I'm, I'm going to go to heaven someday. Now, most definitely Jesus died for our sins. Most definitely he, his blood covers us and redeems us, and we can be with God forever. But there's more to the gospel than that. And I think this is where we need to talk about another term from a biblical standpoint. And that word is, if it'll ever turn for me, (laughs) eternity. Think about eternity. Many view the kingdom of God, the eternal kingdom of God, as some far off reality that we'll get someday when we die. But Jesus says that is absolutely not the case. Friends, think about eternity. Eternity has no beginning and no ending. It's always been. So what Jesus Christ says is through him, the eternal kingdom of God is right here, right now. Look at what he says. 
You won't be able to say, here it is, or it's over there, for the kingdom of God is what? It's already among you. Why is this so important for a person of faith to understand? Because I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, when we do, when we realize God's kingdom is not some far-off place we're going to get to go someday, it's right here, right now, in the person of Jesus Christ, it will revolutionize the way that we live our lives individually. And I believe if we all do it together, it will revolutionize the way we live our lives in a corporate manner because we are all one. I want to say it one more time, friends. Obeying the gospel of Jesus Christ is not just a one-time ticket to the pleasure factory someday. It is a life-altering reality that changes everything beyond measure right here and right now. Obviously, this word kingdom is really important to Jesus, so let's look at that word from a biblical context. When you think about a kingdom, do you realize that we all have one? (laughs) Do you realize that? What would your kingdom be? It's the realm where you make the decisions of what goes on. Some people have large kingdoms, some people have small kingdoms, but we all have one. Author Ken Davis says that kids know about kingdoms better than anybody. Think about some of the first words two-year-olds say. No, and mine. <laughs> Guys, those are kingdom words. It's saying, I control what goes on here. This is my ship. I run it. He also talk, he talks about kids in a car. You get two kids in a back seat, what will they do? One of them will draw a line in the middle. Some of y'all did it with your brothers and sisters. You draw a line and say, this is my side. That's your side. Don't cross that line because this is my kingdom. But who does dad think the kingdom of the car is? They'll be in the backseat bickering, and he'll say, do you want me to come back there? And the kids, are, the kids are smart. They're thinking, you know, we're going 70 miles an hour down the road. He can't come back. He said, Dad, what do we do? We start reaching and grabbing. And what do kids do? They go back to their kingdom. But David says parents are smarter than kids. We've realized how to bring them back into play. A good tap on the brake. <laughs> Brings them right into arm's length. (laughs) Friends, God's kingdom is eternal, but God in his wisdom and grace and mercy created the earth. And he said in Genesis 1.28, we are to have dominion over it. So every person, again, presidents have huge kingdoms on earth, right? Queens. But even the poorest person in Africa in their hut have a realm of influence where they say what they say goes. So we all have a kingdom. It's part of the way of life. So these kingdoms that we talk about here, we're going to call them this. The kingdom of the earth. Let me ask you a question. Anybody read the paper the last couple of days or got on the internet? <laughs> How's the kingdom of the earth doing? Not doing good, is it? I wrote down a few things. Selfishness, murder, anger, greed, gossip, sexual sin, unforgiveness, materialism, disobeying parents, impatience, divorce, hate, lying, you name it. Every single person on the planet since Adam and Eve have struggled with some of these. We've all done what? According to Romans 3.23. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Every single one of us have not ran our kingdoms all that well. But Jesus says... There's another kingdom. It's spiritual. It is real. It's reign. And it is called the kingdom of God. 
Think about what the kingdom of God is. It's simply wherever what God says goes, where his will is done. And everything that's done within that kingdom brings him pleasure and glory and honor. And guys, this is why we see Jesus talking about the kingdom of God so often and saying it's not some far off reality. In him, remember that's the key phrase, in him the kingdom of God is here right now. So the kingdom of the earth is a mess. And Jesus had a plan. Here's how he was going to fix it. He'll put himself, he's God himself, right? We all know that biblically. He put himself in a body. He came down here to show us what could happen when people live the way God actually designed us to live all the way back in Genesis chapter 1. People often ask me, they'll say, Brian, why didn't God, why has God let this mess happen? Why didn't God create a perfect world? And I said, read Genesis chapter 1, friends. (laughs) He did, didn't he? Who blew it? We did. Like I said, we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So Jesus says, I know how to fix this. What he said, Jake, I'm going to try this. He showed me this little trick with this. Is it this button right here? (laughs) I'm new with this clicker thing. He said, what I'm going to do is I'm going to bring this. This is what Jesus said. Here's how I'll fix the mess down here. I'm going to bring this down here. And you know, friends... This is one of the primary points he gives in his most famous and greatest prayer. Do you know the Lord's Prayer? We repeat it a lot, but not just can you repeat it. Do you know the heart of the Lord's Prayer? I want to tell you one of my favorite stories concerning the Lord's Prayer. Some of you guys remember the Chicago Bears of the 1980s, right? They were a dominant football team. Won a Super Bowl, had a dominant defense, Hall of Fame running back in Walter Payton, a lunatic quarterback in Jim McMahon, <laughs> Hall of Fame quarter, uh, coach in Mike Ditka, but probably the most unique person on that team was a defensive lineman slash fullback named William the Fridge Perry. Anybody remember the Fridge? Well, the story goes like this. One day the Bears were in a chapel service. And the chaplain asked the fridge to say the Lord's Prayer. Well, McMahon is sitting next to Mike Dick, and McMahon says, Coach, he says, there is absolutely no way that the fridge knows the Lord's Prayer. He said, in fact, I'll bet you 50 bucks he doesn't know the Lord's Prayer. Dick says, I'll take that bet. Well, everyone bows their heads, puts their hands together, and the fridge begins to pray. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. <laughs> when he gets done, Dick, or McMahon grabs his wallet, rips 50 bucks out, hands it to Dick and goes, man, coach, I was sure the fridge didn't know the Lord's Prayer. <laughs> See, a lot of people think they know the Lord's Prayer. They can repeat it, but you know really, truly in from your heart what Jesus is saying. I want to ask you a favor. If you've got your Bibles and your phone, we're going to read a part of it together. I really think it's it's important for you to see it for yourself. So open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6. And we're going to focus on verses 9, 10, 11, and 12. And I want you to listen for our theme of the day, which I'm calling the gospel that Jesus came to preach. Matthew chapter 6. Look at what the Word of God says. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Now listen here. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth 
as it is in heaven. Have you ever really grasped what he's praying there? It's not just some benign statement we say and say that's something he said and prayed about. He says, your kingdom come, your will. He has said this so often as we've read. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Brothers and sisters, I want you to imagine with me for a moment. Imagine a society where there's no pride and no arrogance. There's nobody backbiting each other, talking about each other, mad at each other, no big shots, no one left out, no excluding. Whereas the spirit of humility and pride just dominates the place. There's a unity and togetherness based in the spirit that's just tangible. You can feel it. Imagine a society where people are constantly on the lookout for hurting, lonely, and rejected people. And these folks aren't just found, they are included, they are celebrated, and they are loved. Imagine a society where there is no gossip, no cruelty, no cheating, no racism, no backstabbing, no bickering. And here's a big one for me. The Bible says perfect love casts out fear. Do you ever think Jesus was afraid in all the things he went through? He promises us that he will give us what he has if we choose to trust him. Imagine a society where there's no fear. And the maestro and the king orchestrating all this is Yahweh God, the father of Jesus, who everyone just focuses on. No matter the context, no matter how upset we are, we respond with grace and goodness and kindness and love and mercy and togetherness. Friends, this is the kingdom of God. On earth that we all have a kingdom that we get to control. Big or small, we have the say. But what does Jesus say later in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33? He says, our primary goal in life should be to take our kingdom and pursue his kingdom. Seek first what? The kingdom of God. There's that phrase again. And his righteousness. Well, I want to say it one more time, friends. What does the kingdom of God look like that we just described? The Bible says, once you've seen the son, you've seen who? You've seen the Father. So we simply see it in Jesus Christ. And why did he come to earth? He did come to earth to save us from our sins. Do not get me wrong, but it's so much more than that. He said the kingdom of God is available to every single person who will receive it by faith and commit to spiritual transformation to be the person that God designed them in the beginning to be now and for all of eternity. When it comes to this term gospel, I believe one of my favorite authors, Dallas Willard, gives such depth and power and insight into what the true gospel means according to Jesus. Willard says this. Jesus' gospel is the availability of the kingdom of God for all. His purpose was to manifest the reality of this kingdom in his life, death, words, deeds, and actions. His primary command was to seek God's kingdom with all our hearts. Here's what I want you to hear. And his plan for his followers is to expand his father's kingdom to the ends of the earth until he returns. Does that make sense? That's not just a one-way ticket to the pleasure factory someday. We're all going to die someday. But you know what? Coco got baptized today. She ain't dying today. (laughs) 
She's got years and years and years of growth and things to do. And what should she do with that time? (laughs) Commit to spiritual transformation to be the person that God calls her to be, to live free in Christ and to spread that everywhere she goes. That's what God wants us to do. So the gospel, the good news, the Greek word is euangelion. It's the same thing if you look at the gospel good news. is more than just Jesus dying for our sins. The good news that Jesus came to preach was that the kingdom of God is available for every single person who will come to him by faith. And the kingdom of God is not just some far off reality, some place we're going to get when we die. It's right here, right now in the person of Jesus Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit to transform us from the inside out to make us the person that God wants us to be now and for all of eternity. Isn't that good news, church? Doesn't sound like it. Is that good news, church? (laughs) God wants us to live free and happy and good and peaceful in the midst of all this mess, and we can do it because Jesus came down and brought his kingdom to us. What's, this, well, what's all this got to do with the revolution I talked about at the beginning? I said, don't, be, don't make a resolution. Be part of a revolution. Brothers and sisters, like Coco did today, when we confess Jesus Christ as Lord, when we, with our mouth, when we repented of our sins, when we were baptized into Jesus Christ for the remission of our sins and filled with his spirit, do you understand we made a vow to him? What we said for the rest of our, is this, for the rest of our lives, he will be number one in our lives. It's not what we want, what we think, what we feel, what our habits are. We will commit to spiritual transformation into the image of Christ with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. It's going to be the driving passion of our lives. The number one thing we do, we are going to try to do this with all of our heart. We are going to try to put, I guess it didn't work anymore, (laughs) our kingdoms together with God's kingdom. Think about a revolution throughout history. What happens in a revolution? A lot of people come together and they have the same focus. A revolution doesn't have just two people with it. You understand that, right? It's a lot of people. They come together with the same focus, the same passion, and the same purpose together is one. Imagine what would happen if we decided, and not just 2018 and beyond, we said, you know what, together, individually, I am going to make pursuing Christ, I'm going to make sure my attitude, my hearts, my actions, everything, no matter what happens, is going to be my number, the number one desire of my life. If we did it individually, and all 700 and some people here did it together, imagine the difference that we could make in San Angelo, Texas. Is that pie in the sky? Absolutely not. <laughs> now, if we choose not to do it, it's pie in the sky. But the power and the strength and the ability and the Holy Spirit and the Word and Christ are right here in the kingdom of God, and it can happen if we will commit to surrendering and just pursuing God with all of our heart. That's what God wants for us in a good way. Not a, I got to do this because God told me to do it. It's freedom and grace and goodness. So today, I ask you to consider not making a New Year's resolution. But more than that, again, in 2018 and beyond, to be part of a revolution of people whose total focus in life is just what Jesus prayed. That our Father's kingdom come His will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And friends, we have the power to do that in Jesus Christ. But do you understand there has to be a starting point? And today, Coco started that point. 
I got to tell you, I had the most amazing experience in Indiana last week. I have a friend <clears throat> named Jeff Lowe. Jeff and I have been friends since we were this big. Jeff's a special friend to me because Jeff is the one who showed me how to play the guitar. And I took the guitar and paid my way through college, and now Dylan's helping pay his way through college. So Jeff and I are pretty tight. Well, I've talked to Jeff over the years about spiritual things, but he just wasn't interested. Eight months ago, Jeff's mom died. And his father, Ted, is really sick. He's on oxygen, and things aren't looking good for him. Well, Ted grew up in kind of a, I guess, a quasi-Christian background. But, you know, when death starts to come, what do you start thinking about? <laughs> if you haven't thought about it at all, if you think about eternity, so T Jeff called me three weeks ago and said, my dad wants to talk to you. He realizes he's never been baptized. He's kind of said he loves Jesus, but he's never made that commitment. He said he wants to be baptized, and he wants you to baptize him. I'm like, boy, Jeff, that'd be the coolest thing ever. So I go over to Jeff's house last Tuesday, and Jeff's there, and Jeff's son, Luke, who's 16 years old, he's there. Start talking to Ted, and Ted says, yes, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. I've never done this, but I want to be baptized into Christ. And remember, I've been praying for Jeff Lowe for 25 years. Friends, if you've been praying for somebody for a long time, don't ever give up. Don't ever give up. Don't stop. <clears throat> I've been praying for Jeff for 25 years, and we've had spiritual conversations. He just wasn't interested. It wasn't his time. When his dad decides to get baptized, I look at Jeff, and Jeff's got a tear in his cheek. I said, Jeff, what's going on? And Jeff said, Brian, he says, you know, I know we talked about this. I've thought about it for a long time. The world's messed up. I'm not a spring chicken anymore. He said, I want to be baptized too. <laughs> then he says, I've been talking to Luke. And Luke says he wants to be baptized as well. <clears throat> well, I look at Luke. <clears throat> I said, Jeff, do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and you commit your life to him above everything else? He said, I do. I looked at Luke and Luke, he's kind of a shy kid and went like this. I said, Luke, you can't shrug your shoulders. You can't just go, mm. you got to say with your mouth, I believe in Jesus. I commit my life to Jesus. I want to be saved. And Luke said, I do. So last Tuesday night, Teddy Lowe, Jeff Lowe, and Luke Lowe joined the team. And now they have the opportunity to take their earthly kingdom. They have the opportunity. They don't have to do it. But they have the opportunity and the power through Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit to take their earthly kingdom and bring the kingdom of God together and bring light and goodness to the world. Friends, I want you to know today... If you want to start the new year right, I, I've been talking to Christians today, but there may be someone in this room who has never cemented their decision in Jesus Christ. It's not brain surgery. <laughs> I realize I messed up. I realized I blow it. I have sinned. I need Jesus Christ. I need a Savior. And if you will put your faith in Him and trust Him with all your heart and be baptized into Him for the remission of your sins and be filled with His Spirit, you can be free. And you can know no matter what happens, your eternity is okay, but it's not some far-off blessing you're going to get. You can find peace and joy and goodness no matter what. Right here, right now, through Jesus. If we can help you do that in any way, please come now while we stand and sing.